training, mindset, integrity, incremental improvement. What can you do better today? Start right here with the Pendola Project. Hey now, welcome back to another episode of the Pendola Project. This is Matt Pendola with your Monday Motivation, along with Aaron Pendola. Hello there. Today we are talking about stress and what is best for our results. And I guess you would sum this up as some mental flexibility, because I do want to talk today about making decisions that's going to serve you so you can get those results that you want as long as that really is serving your why but understanding that of course it does come with some sacrifice and there are times when it's time to push a little harder it's there are times when it's time to decide to take it take a break or take it a little bit easier that day so we're going to talk about why why we make these decisions when we need to be flexible, and when we need to just, you know, shut up and train, right? Yeah, how do you know? <laughs> right, so I, let's start off with the basics, okay? We, we get up in the morning, we don't feel like getting up. We just don't feel like it. The first step to me is to just get your foot out the door and get rid of the excuses. So I would say that when we're talking about mental flexibility, in this case, it's just shut up and train, right? It's just about getting out the door and telling yourself that you're going to make that first step, that commitment to get to the gym if that's where you're going. And then if you get all the way to the gym and you still don't want to do anything, well, I guess you can decide to turn around and go home, but odds are you won't, right? But keep hitting that snooze button and you're going to be disappointed in yourself. You're not going to be happy with that decision later on. You're going to feel like you've let yourself down you might even fall off of your goal so I think you've sometimes the tough love has to be there and really not giving yourself excuses in those cases yeah honestly guys I have this conversation with myself every morning at four o'clock when my alarm goes off and I'm like oh my gosh I just I don't want to get up I don't want to do it and yes I'm just being honest like I probably tell myself that maybe four out of the five days a week that I do that. But that's true. I get up, I drive here. It's a 20 minute drive here. I get here. It's like, well, I'm here. So I'm going to work out and I purposefully come before I have clients. So it's like, well, I'm here to see clients regardless. So I'm just going to, I'm going to work out. And then yes, I always feel better afterwards. It's kind of what sparked this podcast in the first place, because you and I were talking about how often People think because we own a gym that we just must live in the gym, first of all. And we just have all the time in the world to to train ourselves. And it really couldn't be furthest from the truth. We, we have pretty tight, pretty packed schedule. And if we don't get in our training, usually before our day starts, odds are it won't get done. So getting up at four in the morning is not easy to do. And there's certainly a lot of mornings where we could sleep in. And I'm not saying we don't. I mean, we've, we've had those mornings where we give in to that and we sleep in. But um, I know that sleep is very important for our results. There are times when it is better that I sleep in because I just did not get enough sleep that night before. I was up late. I might have been working or I just couldn't fall asleep. 
sometimes that happens. And that might be even a sign of overtraining, by the way, when I cannot fall asleep. I might be overtraining in that case. And, and there's, there's some days where I'm just going to sleep in and skip that day. And I'm, by the way, I'm not going to try to make up that day. I personally am not the kind of person that does makeups. Um, if I miss that particular day, I just move on to what I had planned for the next day. Yeah, and that's where the mental flexibility comes in where, yes, if I do wake up one morning and I know that I've just slept so poorly the night before that it's, my day is just going to be wrecked if I do decide to get up at 4 in the morning, then I have to give myself that opportunity to say, okay, it's okay if you don't train today. You're going to be just fine missing a day. In the long run, in the grand scheme of things, it's okay to miss a day here and there. You just don't want to turn that into the habit. Yeah, we talk about having a plan a lot, but I do think that, for example, Mondays are generally not a good day for me to train hard. And as a coach, I have found that most of my athletes, that they generally take Sundays off. So if Sunday is their off day, Monday is actually a little sluggish for them. And so I generally like to plan to have Mondays be an easier day. Um, definitely easy to moderate, but not a hard day. At least that for me sets the table up pretty, pretty well. So I don't start off my week with a uh, training session that I'm disappointed in or that I just even skipped because I just knew I couldn't do it. So Mondays for me are pretty easy and it's just, um, a nice way to introduce my week. So I'll get in some easy running and then I'll generally, not that it's all quote unquote easy, but I'll get in some core work. I'll get in some auxiliary work. And even when I'm not a hundred percent into it, or I don't feel like I have a ton of energy, I'm not going to skip that training session that day because I know I can get through it. I know I can bear through that as opposed to when I'm trying to do something like hill repeats as hard as I can go to my max effort. Or if I'm trying to lift twice my body weight or more in a deadlift, I'm, I have to really be ready for that and feel, feel like I'm charged up. So that type of session will be purposely planned usually for me on a Wednesday is when I'll put something like that in. So I go Wednesdays and Saturdays are my high quality days, but my easy day is always on a Monday. What about you? Yeah, I was gonna say, it's funny you say that because the light bulb went off for me with that. I don't know. It was, it was recently actually, I think it was pretty much when we started after the closure. So when we were able to reopen in June and Sundays are my day off minus, you know, a family hike or a walk or something very, you know, easy and just no, no stress on the body. And so I kind of thought the opposite, like, oh, I'm going to come in Monday and just be ready to hit it hard. And what I found was that that wasn't happening same way. I'd come here and I'd be like, oh, I had this great workout plan, this great session planned. And I, I didn't want to do it. And then you feel defeated and, you know, 
bad about yourself that you didn't do this this program you were supposed to do that day and yeah I finally decided like okay that's gonna be yeah my my introduction to the week so I could still strength train I could still run I can choose what I want to do that day but with the intent that I'm kind of ramping up my my week so Monday being the intro day if you want to call it that intro day to my week and then I know by Friday I've hit my my higher quality days as the week goes on and that's been much better for me everybody has i think a different way of recovering and responding depending on well a lot of factors first of all how uh, how much stress are you under outside of your training what kind of nutrition uh are you taking in are you getting in enough sleep etc so these are the obvious things about recovery but that being said even even with Let's say we have two people who are both we're going to tell we're going to say they're A plus students when it comes to all these things. I may have one athlete that does pretty well training hard on a Tuesday, Wednesday, taking Thursday, Friday easy and then training hard on a Saturday. I might have another client that does better with a Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. So they're both doing three higher quality days, but one person actually does better with a back-to-back quality days than a couple easy days than another quality day. And the other person, it's kind of train hard, then easy, hard, then easy. So, again, experimenting with what works for you is important, too. And that's a part of mental flexibility to give yourself that opportunity to learn about yourself, what works instead of just following what maybe your peer is doing or one of your friends are doing and you're just falling in line with their routine that may work better for them than for you um and again you know i'm not saying that if you're doing say back-to-back quality days on tuesday wednesday you're not doing the same training workouts right you're not doing the same sessions you're you're doing a different emphasis on each day it has to be planned appropriately but i do think that if you Uh, really take a look at your results over a three to six week period of time with one style and then you switch it up and you look at a three to six period of time with another style you would probably see some obvious differences in your recovery in your stress adaption and just in your ability to really see what kind of results you would get out of one type of training versus another. So, you know, keep in mind that different, um, different plans work better for different people where we all need to have our own approach. That's a part of mental flexibility as well. Yes. And I am 39 and it took me that long to figure out (laughs) what works for me. So don't be discouraged if you haven't quite figured out what works for you. It's, it's constant learning process. Well, and speaking of being 39, which, I mean, I, I wish I was still in my 30s, but when I was in my 30s, I could still actually do about three hard quality days a week and get away with it, but I actually didn't recover as well as I did in my 20s. So I was kind of still stubbornly following a lot of the same type of routines I did in my 20s even in my 30s. And then when I got into my 40s, it just wasn't even possible for me to keep up with those uh, th- those three sessions a week. So I find that 
when I say quality sessions, I mean, I am, I'm definitely pushing myself a little bit further. I'm going into the hurt locker more. And so I'll do two days a week and really space them out. So like I mentioned before, my, my higher quality days for me, um, this is in particular with running is going to be on a Wednesday and a Saturday versus when I was younger, certainly I could get away with doing a few quality sessions a week and actually I would get faster doing those quality sessions more often, just not going to happen now that I'm in my late forties. So, you know, keeping in mind that what you did in your teens or your twenties, not necessarily going to work for you now, if you're in your later stages, um, of your, of your training, uh, life, or if you are even starting training and you're in your twenties, but you don't have any experience you have to build up to getting, say, three days a week, and you don't want to necessarily do what your friends are doing when they have 10 years' experience in the gym, and this is your first month doing it, right? Yeah, and this, I don't know if this is a good time to talk about this, but I'm going to throw it in there right now. Uh, we discussed, well, we discuss it often, but last uh, Monday Motivation in particular about just being influenced by things that you see out there. Um, when it comes to how you should be training or, or what you should be doing and not to be too specific, but things that come up on Instagram, like here's your eight week program to the best butt you've ever had. Okay. That sounds pretty good, right? Like eight weeks. That's, that's not a huge commitment that anybody can do that. You look in the details and in order to get this fabulous butt in eight weeks, you're going to be required to do about two hours of exercise per day. It was like two 45 minute strength sessions and one 30 minute high intensity interval training session a day for six days a week for eight weeks. So think about that, how pretty unrealistic that is, you know, um, again, maybe in your twenties, maybe when you're at the prime, sure, you could do it. And sure, I could probably do it now, but would I want to, what, what am I giving up in order to get that, that two hours a day? And then on the flip side of that, am I recovering enough to actually see these results that I'm supposed to be getting? Yeah. I love that point. I know a lot of athletes that they really believe in their training, but they don't see that they're overtraining. I see as a coach, a lot of times that if I'm going to help an athlete out, especially somebody who's just started with me, my main job is to pull the reins back on them a little bit. My main job is to get them to actually train less because they've been doing so much for so long that they see that as their, as, as why they get their results, not realizing that they could actually get better results by doing a little less. And they're, they get to the point where they're afraid of training less. They think that they're going to get unfit, deconditioned. They're, and while there, there's some strength in that because you know that you're outworking your competition, so to speak, that, to me, putting that kind of hay in the barn should be done for a short amount of time, maybe up to six weeks, but generally speaking, I would say three to four weeks is when I'll really purposely overload an athlete to the point where we're kind of reaching for that, that next level of fitness, but we can't get greedy with that. And that certainly has to be planned, which again, that leads me to my next part of the conversation, 
which is just when you have a plan for yourself and you have a goal, which might be, say, in six months from now, even within that six-month period of time, you should have some weeks that are more of a regression. You can't have a constant progressive overload that never, ever stops. You know, it doesn't really work that way. We don't work in steps like that. We just don't climb a ladder and just keep climbing next rung, next rung, next rung. Before you know it, we end up falling right off because we burn out. We get too fatigued overall. We get injured. We just get sick of the strict lifestyle, et cetera. So to me, I like um, essentially a three-in-one approach. You know, so I like to be able to really keep within 80, maybe 90% of my goal fitness year round. But within a three week period, I may start to do a progressive overload. So um, I'll introduce myself to a training program, then I'll do a progression, then I'll peak in that training program. And then for it might be even for three or four days, or it might be for an entire week, depending on how fatigued I'm getting. I just simply cut it back. It doesn't mean that I take the week off. I just cut it back somewhat, and I will generally do more cross-training that week, things that I haven't been doing as much of, and that generally would mean more auxiliary work for, say, the back of my shoulders, doing things like face pull-aparts and getting in a little bit more flexibility, more a little bit more uh, elasticity, core work, things like that during that week where I'm not stressing my body as much and maybe more low-impact type of training. Um, or I may be doing the same training program because I am on, say, a six-week block towards my end goal, but I'm going to take that training back to maybe 20 or 30% from what I did the week before. So, you know, that to me is one example about how you can stay fresh, but actually get better results and be able to achieve more progressive overload over a three to six month period of time because you have some planned recovery days or even, let's say, a week every month or so. Yeah, it's good to look at the long term, like you're saying, if you're planning out for say, if, if six months sounds too long, that's okay, three months. And then you'll realize that, yes, if you do follow three weeks on, one week of a little bit more recovery, by the end of that three months, you've gotten some really, really consistent, great training, but you've also given your body that opportunity to recover so that you can continue to get those results. Yeah, and really the same could be said for nutrition, right? You Anything that you're trying to do very, very strict type of training or nutrition or any kind of regimen, um, that's, that can be okay. If, if, especially if it's a, a goal that's, you know, is going to be hard to achieve and you really have to be at your very best by the time you get there. That's the fun of it is, is seeing how much progress you can make, but just keep in mind that just those little bit of uh, regressions or those little that time when you allow yourself to have that um, that food that you that is not in your plan but you do look forward to, to eating so you have that couple pieces of pizza or something that is believe it or not going to help you stay on your plan long term 
It's just making sure that you actually do have a plan for these things because when you don't and then you have those couple pieces of pizza, you might feel like you're letting yourself down where in reality you're just human and you need to give yourself some some sort of um, of a break or mental break or a physical break, right? Or just even when it comes to something uh, emotional for yourself, you're giving yourself the permission to say, hey, I'm okay with not being perfect here. None of us are. And I'm actually putting this into my plan as an acceptable portion, right? So less than 10% of the time, but I'm going to give myself permission to not be at 100% during these times with my training or my nutrition. Now, on the other side of things, we, we do need to talk a little bit about people who give themselves too much permission, though. And that's what I'd kind of like to wrap up with. Um, as a coach, I do see this as well. And this actually just happened recently where I'm working with a few athletes that are certainly strong. They spent the entire summer base training and really getting their foundation to the point where I'm very, very um, positive that they have, they understand their archetypes. They understand their movement patterns. They're very, very strong. They know how to lift heavy weights without losing their form and with using the right breathing techniques, etc. But yet when we go into a new part of the program and we're going into something that they have established as being very, very strong in, they're staying at the same weight or they're staying at the same reps sometimes, for example. And my question is why? Why not train harder than last time? If if this is part of your plan and you are strong and you have no issues with lifting more and you can do it with good form and good technique, why not try to give your body that additional stress so you can get stronger, for example? So I want to see when it's time to push yourself that you will push yourself and I want to see that you have the mental flexibility to make those decisions. And so, for example, if I'm in the middle of a set and I'm using, let's just say, 150 pounds and I want to get two or three more reps in, but I know I cannot lift that 150 pounds again, I'm either going to fractionalize that set take a break and then get another rep or two, or I can even drop set the weight and I can make the weight a little bit lighter and I can continue on with my set. Okay. But in the end of the day, I am trying to figure out one way or another, how am I going to give myself the appropriate stress to get stronger? And if I'm not doing that, and that is the intent of my phase, then why am I there in the first place? Why am I just repeating the same movements again and again, the same reps again and again, and expecting a different result? That's not going to happen. So that is the other side of things where there's some tough love there. As a coach, I can see my athletes can fail because they're not taking the time to think about mental flexibility and say, I can, I can lift heavier right now, or I should at least try to get in another rep with good form.
I think that's part of the appeal or the reason that people will hire us or trainers in general is because they may not know how to push themselves the way that, that, uh, that somebody else would be able to do for them. Um, and then again, educating them on how to do that within the set, because just what you brought up there about, you give them a certain, like you're going to do, um, a minute of this movement, say it's seated rows, for example, and I'm putting you at this weight for the minute. Now, I will say this, and a lot of my clients know that because they've been with me for a long time, that if you get to say that 40-second mark, like you said, and you're like, I just can't do anymore. So either, yeah, take it upon yourself to switch the weight or take a 10-second break and then finish the last 10 seconds with with the same weight that you had, maybe just getting fewer reps. But you let them know that beforehand so that they can can prepare for that, knowing then they don't feel like, oh, I didn't make the minute. That was that was a waste of time. I didn't I didn't do what you wanted me to do. I'm going to say something that you wouldn't, but I know how hard you will push yourself at times in your training. And and when I say how hard, I mean, you're, you're training smart, but you are definitely uncomfortable and, you know, you're pushing through with good mechanics, thresholds, barriers, the pain cave however you want to say it, because you're, you are trying to achieve that next level for yourself. And it drives me a little bit nuts when people think that these results come because of genetics or just because it was because you show up in the gym and you do the, the training, then that just means you're going to look the way that you do. It's hard earned, isn't it? Well, I would hope so. <laughs> I like to think so. There's been a lot of hours put in that haven't always been my favorite, but you do that for the greater benefit that you know you're going to get from that work. Yeah, and I just I guess I'm just finishing off with this part because we do talk an awful lot about how we don't believe that you should lift with defeated mechanics and we don't believe in overtraining and we you know, we, we definitely do pull the reins back on our clients and even ourselves. That is smart, especially at times when you need more recovery. But I don't want to come across thinking that we don't have to work very, very hard for our results. We, we do. And we realize that there is a time for that. And when we are in that zone, we throw out the reps, like you said. We don't really count reps so much if our goal is just focused, intentional tension, focused, intentional technique, focused, intentional training, right? These are, the acronym FIT is what we use in order to achieve the results that we would like to achieve, knowing that it comes at a price. And that's usually meaning that we have to push ourselves and embrace that and say, you know what, I'm going to make the most out of this time right now, and I'm going to make this time under tension count for myself. So that's, you know, to me, that's the sign, though, of a mature client, not one that is relying on me to hold them accountable. I'm not that kind of trainer. If you ever hire me, I'm not going to count reps for you. I don't do that. I'm, I'm going to look at your form and I'm going to in, encourage you and I'm going to help serve you the best way I know how, but I am not going to be a cheerleader because I think that that's enabling personally myself. 
I think that my clients earn the respect and the and the results that they get and I respect that about them and they earn that each and every time that they come in to train so it's not just about showing up is my point they are working hard to achieve those results and even when they're not doing training sessions that are all out even when it's more about flexibility or or more about working on um, your auxiliary muscles or your posture these these things still take a lot of dedication a lot of focus and a lot of intentional training and technique so that in itself i think is a discipline okay so just to wrap this show up i would say the important takeaway to me here is that we're not talking about what we like to do versus what you like to do we're talking about what works for you but that being said i all too often hear from people who did like a boot camp or something. They worked their butts off for six weeks or for even a few months, but then they just fell right off of that wagon and they stopped doing all the right things and then they fell right back to where they originally were. So to me, that is just not going to be a realistic or a consistent approach. And then I also talk to people that really never push themselves, never get themselves out of their comfort zones. And that could be something as simple as getting up at four in the morning, like we talked about earlier, if that's when you need to get up to get your training in. Um, That could be trying new foods and, you know, just just eating your broccoli and and uh, just putting up with the fact that maybe it doesn't taste uh, as good as some other carbohydrates that you would prefer. But realizing that this is what your body needs more of so you know taking yourself out of your comfort zones and pushing yourselves a little bit being comfortable being uncomfortable and realizing that it does take that extra effort sometimes and it does take some planning and ultimately it does take that mental flexibility to decide that you're going to do what works for you but you are going to have to push yourself at times. If you expect to see results, you've got to put your body through the stress for that success. Yes, probably the biggest mistake that, well, one of the biggest mistakes is just putting on the repeat button and just I always do 15 reps of this movement at this weight, and that's what I do every single time. Um, I've done this for five years. Why don't I look any different? Why don't I feel any better? Why am I not stronger? I love it. That's a great point. Stop pushing the repeat button if you expect a different result. So, hey, guys, thanks for listening today. Remember, you can always check us out on our website, www.pandolatraining.com. We have some new programs we're putting up for you. We'll announce those soon. You'll be able to access our training programs. Next month, certainly, we're going to be releasing a lot of new content. So we're excited to share that with you. All right, guys, until next time, we'll talk to you later.